you know, amen, praise God. So, uh, Meister, we're ready. Father, we do thank and praise you, and we lift you up today, Lord. We bless you, we exalt you, Lord God. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. We're going to come out of Job 10 and Job 42, 10. And, of course, you know the story, but we're going to get into it. I'll be flipping back and forth. Amen. But I believe that God is, we're fastly approaching, approaching a turning point in our lives where God is flipping the tables on the enemy. Amen. And what that means is how your stuff been going, <laughs> the things that we've been going through, the challenges. God knows and understands these things. And I'm telling you, he's flipping the tables on the enemy. Amen. So we've reached our turning point where, and this, this is, is this, it's never going to go back to the way it was. Amen. This is a new era. Amen. It's a new day, a new dawn. And you can say new season, but God calls it a new era. And I've been hearing people say that left and right. You know, we only heard that from one person. They called it a new era. But I'm telling you, this is, and I believe this is uh, um, Amos 9.13. Uh-huh. A new, uh, what is it, a new paradigm and see it's a new way to live a new expectation a new uh thought process and i think that the <laughs> that's the place where i think we are now we got to think different and i think a lot of things a lot of challenges that we've been going through lately is because god is trying to change how we think and how we view things i know for me God has been testing me on how I think and to change how we think because this is it. Somebody said that at the end of their prophecy, this guy that Barb sent to us to, and he said at the end I was, he was real vague and real strange, but he said some stuff that lined up with the new era. And at the end of hit the prophecy, he said, this is it. And I knew when he said that he was legit. Amen. And so it, this is it because this is the new thing. Behold, God does a new thing and this is the new thing. And so we need to stop thinking the old way, you know, even about whatever's going on in your personal life, whatever is going on, we need to change. We need to think differently so we can uh, usher in the new the new thing or this new era or whatever God is doing in this hour. He is flipping the tables on the devil. He is saying no more. And so the only thing that reminds me of this new thing or this new era is, is a story of Job. Amen. So in other words, the tables have been turned and the enemy is going to see you get victory and me, I'm speaking for me, from me, and it's for you too. And this is the thing with this new era. It's for everybody. It ain't just for a choice few. Or a few that's been good, you know. This is for everybody, even though it's just like this. It's like plowing 
what someone else has sown, you know. And God is saying that I'm blessing everybody because this is a new way that I'm doing things. And he saved this time for now. In other words, we're living for such a time as this on purpose. This is not an accident. And so God knows who you are. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through. And he says, after you are tested, you will come through as pure gold. Not just God did this because you've been bad or he did this because he wanted to try you. But I'm telling you, when you, when God gets done, um, I think he's rebuilding us on the inside. And how else can he make this change in us unless he allow us to go through some things? Just like he allowed Job to go through some stuff. Amen. So God is doing a new thing. And he says things won't turn back the way they used to be. Amen. This change is permanent. You know how a lot of people, and we were all like that when we were immature. We are used to things not happening. You know how you, that in your mind something can say, well, yeah, that would be good, but God never did it before. Well, see, those days are gone. See, he understands how the devil has stolen from us. He understands how the devil has put us in a trick bag. But I'm telling you, God understands your mind. He understands your heart. He understands what you understand and what you don't understand. And so he wants to change things, but he wants us to change too. He wants us to change so that we will be able to receive everything that he has. And that little voice that says, well, I know he can, but will he do it? That's a little bit of religion, and I used to think like that too. But God is saying, I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to change your mind, and I'm going to change your way of thinking. Yes, you will get delivered. Yes, you will get set free. Yes, you will come out of poverty. You will come out of lack. Anything that is holding you back, your your subconscious, whatever it is, you know why? Because God is, uh, what's that word? He's compassionate. We serve a compassionate God. He made us. When your kids mess up, you be mad at them before a short time. That's why it's best to whoop them and get it over with. Like Tony used to say, give me my whooping. (laughs) And that's what my husband would say, no, you're getting on the punishment. He said, I don't want the punishment. That's why we get put them on the punishment. But, you know, when you spank your kids and you discipline them, that's so they will straighten up. So that they can receive the, the, the blessings that you want to bestow on them. Amen. Hallelujah. So, let's see. Job, let's see, I'll say between the first chapter of Job and the 42, it's only 42 chapters, but between 1 and 42, he had all of these things. I listed them just from the top of my head. Infirmities, losses, betrayal, you know, his wife. Wealth gone, friends gone, children gone, but God never failed him. God still came through for Job. Amen. Hallelujah. So why don't we go to Job 23. Let's go to Job 23, verse 10. 
Hallelujah. And this is when Job was still in self-pity because, come on now, when you go through as much as he went through, you're going to develop something, some anger, some self-pity, something. I'm not saying it's good. It's not. God doesn't like it. But see, God allows us to go through whatever it is that we feel like we need to go through. He won't let you stew in it so long. But he will allow you to go through uh, your emotions. Because see, we have emotions. We didn't invent them. He did. You know, sadness, you know, whatever your emotions are. But he don't want you to park there. And if you park there too long, he'll whip you, (laughs) whip you into shape. But in Job 23, verse 10 uh, I think Job was coming to his senses a little bit or he was just rehearsing and he was uh, in conversation with God. He says, but he well, let me do start at eight. He says, look, I go forward, but he is not there and backwards, but I cannot perceive him. And when he works on the left, when he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. And when he turns to the right, I cannot see him. You ever been in that position where you thought, it's like, where God, where are you at? You know, I know you're trying to talk to me, but I can't hear you. And so I need to hear your voice. Verse 10 says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as pure gold. See, it's good not to let the enemy uh, put you into condemnation. He had been there and done that and come out of condemnation. He is saying this, look, my God forgives. He's compassionate. He loves me and he is not going to leave me forever. This is a temporary thing. And Job also knew he needed to get his head together. And so he says, I'm going to come through this as pure gold. Verse 11 says, my foot has held fast to his steps and I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips and I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So in other words, he's saying, look, my heart is still towards God. Although I've been acting stupid and although I've been mad at these religious people that keep accusing me, you know, see the devil sends them to keep you in bondage. That's what it's all about. See, it's easy to go through, I think, with whatever it is God wants you to go through. But he's saying that the devil going to step in there and send his minions in there to make sure, you you know, see, look, see what you do, you know, accusing you. You deserve what you're getting. And that's a religious spirit, and it's the devil. Because they really enjoy seeing you go through hard times. It's an enjoyment to the devil. But I'm telling you, God is not thinking about the devil because he's doing what he's doing. What's going on is between you and him. Amen. And I think it goes on between everybody. Everybody gets the, comes to this point in their life where they have to just trust God and say, you know what, God, now I know I'm not going to let my heart condemn me. Even though I have messed up somewhere, I'm not going to park there. See, you know, God has to show us that we're not, I was going to say unlimited, but we are. We have, he knows, I'll put it like this. He knows our frailty. How you say that? Frailty. Yeah, he knows it. And he knows how, he knew how much Job could take. 
he already that was already decided because he knows us so much but see the important thing to me that what i'm reading is in verse 11 he says my foot has held fast to his steps and he's saying look i didn't move far away from you i didn't move far away from you god and i'm not gonna let any devil tell me that i've moved away from you because i haven't amen i may have slipped but i i I caught and I, i got my footed footing back see when you're going through with with god you gotta forget about people you got to leave them alone. You got to leave Facebook. You got to do all that. You, you, you got to get with God. Amen. Because those are just distractions. And so you have to do what you have to do for your sake. Amen. And and you just have to forget about the naysayers, about the pointing of the finger, because everybody goes through this process. And so, uh, you know, uh, Job is saying, look. I'm holding out for the prize, even though I may not have handled my enemies the right way. I'm holding for the prize. And he says, because I'm going to come out as pure gold. He knew that. He knew it. And so the devil couldn't suck his brain out 100%. And that's what this is telling me. Let's see, what do I have now? The thing about God, he's doing a shift in your life. Amen. Job hadn't given up on God. Amen. Uh, let's see, where am I? I want to go through. This is another thing. When you get in this place, you have to understand and know that nobody can help you except the Lord. God was his hope and he knew it and that's why he talked to him. What, what, what good was it going to do to talk to morons? <laughs> they just gonna come up with another accusation because they're on uh you know they're they're working for the devil and so why talk to them so when god draws the line on the devil things shift that's what i i, I was looking for that i knew i wrote it down somewhere and god repays his people double for their trouble amen hallelujah and so we have to remember the double, the double for your trouble. Let's go to John 10, 10, and then we'll go back to Job. John 10, 10. Hallelujah. And this is something about the thief. Amen. God will abundantly uh, bless you. Overflow, surplus, excessively, super abundantly bless you when the thief has been caught. In other words, Job was dealing with a thief, the religious thief, the religious accusators, if that's a word. And he said, let a thief be found. Not only that, the devil was tricking Job into thinking that these people were his enemies. Really, they weren't. It was just that they weren't led by the spirit. And so he got overtaken by what, by their reaction to his troubles. Amen. And when you go through troubles, you, if you think about it, it's nobody's business. It's your business. But people always go come up in there. And so Job didn't receive it well. 
And it was designed to sidetrack him. Amen. But I'm telling you, God will abundantly bless you when the devil comes in like a flood. So let's go to, did I say John 10, 10? Okay. And it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they have it more abundantly. Super abundant, excessive. And so God wants your happiness and your life to be excessively abundant with joy, peace, uh, love, all of these things. Uh, he wants you to, uh, have all the, all the things that you need and more. And that's where God is going with this. He wants things to be all sufficient. Well, he is all sufficient in our lives, but he wants us to see that. You know how you don't want to just keep saying, well, God will supply my needs. He wants you to see that. He wants us to live that. And so, in other words, it's time to live what we've been talking about for so long. Amen. And those of you that haven't been saved long or haven't known the Lord in a uh, uh, the way that you know him now, if it's not been a long time, you will just plow. I mean, not plow, but you'll glean from somebody else. Or No, that's the wrong word. You'll harvest somebody else's garden. Amen. People get up and leave their garden all the time unattended. Well, you'll inherit their garden. I want to go and pick from that too. Amen. So when the thief is caught, he has to empty his house. And that means his surplus, his whatever he stole, because the thief don't get anything but by stealing. Amen. When he has been caught, he must empty his house and pay sevenfold what he's stolen from somebody. Amen. And this was Job's situation. God said enough to the devil and turned the tables. Amen. And this was Job's turning point. There is a turning point in your life. Turning point is here. And I think God wants us to acknowledge where we are. That you are in a place where God has turned the tables. Now let's go to Proverbs 6. Hallelujah. Proverbs 6 verse 30. And it says here, if he steals to satisfy himself when he, well, let's go back up. Uh, where should we start? In 27, it says, can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Amen. And it says, can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife, into his neighbor's wife. Um, whoever touches her shall not be innocent. And in verse 30 says, people do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. In other words, people may steal when you're hungry. Amen. It says don't despise him. He's not saying it's right. 
He's just saying, don't despite, don't hold it against people forever. Amen. If he's still, if he's hungry, it says here, if he's starving, yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. And whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Amen. Wounds and honor he will get and his, um, reproach will not be wiped away and this is the one that has uh whatever i didn't mean to go that far but you know y'all being quiet but you know what i'm trying to say and i'm not going any further i'm talking about he who commits adultery that's a whole nother teaching amen okay so let's go to job back to job let's go to job 42 hallelujah Job 42. And that's the last chapter, 42. 42.10. And it says, And the Lord restored Job's losses. Amen. Amen. Now, he had been through everything. You can read all of that. And you've probably read it many, many times. If you haven't, read Job 1 through 42. But in between 1 and 42, he went through a whole lot. Amen. So in other words, he didn't just leap here. But it was, it was, it's been 42 chapters, but I really don't think it was a long, 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 long time since he had been going through this stuff, maybe a year or two. Amen. Maybe that's wishful thinking. But, you know, he came through and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had had before. Amen. Before what? Before the devil attacked him. And when he came out of the flesh, he he was restored. Amen. See, God will restore your losses. I don't care how much fun the devil is having. He will restore your losses and he will take care of the enemy. He always does and he always, and see, if you're looking for it, don't look. Just stay in him. In him. Amen. In him. Stay in him and God will take care of the enemy. Uh, let's see. I'm going to verse 11, I think. Yeah. And it says, and then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before, are y'all hearing me? They were his acquaintances before he got in trouble, came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now, I like that kind of friendship. Verse 12 says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camel, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. So in other words, he gave him uh, 1,000 for 500 donkeys. Amen. 
if he had a, he gave him a thousand yoke of oxen, then he had, he started out with 500. So he gave him 500 to a thousand. He gave him 6,000 camels. He must have started out with 3,000. So he doubled everything that he had. Verse 13 says he also had seven sons and three daughters. Amen. In other words, his quiver was full. And he called the name of the first one Jeremiah, the second one was Keziah, and and the name of the third, Kareen Kareen Hapuch. Now, you know what? They should have got that little book that they gave me in the hospital (laughs) so I could choose a name. (laughs) They should have got the book or went on the Internet because this is really too much. Let's see, verse 15, it says, And in all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years. Now, he lived 140 years after God turned the tables. Amen. And saw his children and grandchildren uh, for for four generations. So Job died old and full of his days. Amen. And he lived longer than Moses. In other words, he lived until he was satisfied. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm sure his little religious friends have been past gone. <laughs> well, I should say religious enemies. God, God saw it. He saw to it that he turned the table. On the enemy for Job. He made sure that the score was evened. And really more than even. Because he. You know. Gave him more. Hallelujah. And this was Job's turning point. So your turning point is coming. It's here. It is here. Amen. Amen. But this. His turning. You have to be fair. Because God is a just and a fair God. His turning point came. Uh, when he changed his heart and his attitude is that's when his turning point came when he took those blinders off and saw what the enemy was doing and saw that the enemy was trying to set him up gloating laughing and making fun and and making innuendos and he stopped responding to it and he started to see the the devil's plot then he changed his attitude and changed his heart now let's just go back and analyze just a little bit. Job's friends argued that his affliction was a judgment from God. God don't put sickness on nobody as judgment. See how wrong that that's religion. Because this is how religious people think. The minute something go bad, they say, well, what did you do? Like, what did, what do you do? You know? And so this is, it's just so bad in the church. It's so bad. Amen. And so they wanted to know what, what was, what, what did you do? What's your affliction come from? Come from the devil. Amen. Same where place yours come from. Come from the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Now God makes no mistakes. And God doesn't use sickness as punishment on his children. If you read Deuteronomy, what's that, 28? Talking about the curse. We've been redeemed from that. 
And when I'm going to tell you something, you have to read this stuff real carefully. You got to know who God was talking to, what time period it was, and where they were. Amen. And God said, his word says, I'm going to try to remember, it says, I will put none of these diseases upon you that I placed upon the Egyptians because I am the Lord thy God that healeth you. But then you have to look that if you look that stuff up in the Greek, I'm telling you what that 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 uh, how that passage or that statement God is not saying because a lot of religious people use that to say, see, he'll put sickness on you. Well, that was the Old Testament, but I'm here to tell you he didn't even put sickness on them then. He allowed it. What he's saying, if you look that up, that passage. It means that I will allow. It ain't coming from me. Just like Job. Didn't that come from the devil? The Bible told us in Job, the first chapter, that God had a conversation with the devil. And he said, you cannot kill him, don't touch him. But the devil was itching to get a hold of him. Why? Because he's a man of God. And he's t- he's always standing before the Lord accusing us day and night. And he was telling God, he ain't going to stand for you. Because what I got for him, he ain't going to be able to take it. And he will turn on you. But we read in Job, t- uh, what, it was Job uh, t- 23.10, thank you. He said, my heart is with you. I'm not leaving you. I'm standing with you. So he didn't, he never left God. That's what the devil was trying to prove to God. See, your people, they don't love you. You don't do nothing for them. And see, he'll do everything he can do to make you think that that's true. But he's a When did he start telling the truth? He ain't started. He ain't going to start. And so, you know, his thing, the devil's thing is manipulation. Amen. Manipulation. That's how he he gets people. He manipulates you into thinking one way other than how he allows you to think. Amen. And God is a God of justice. He loves justice and fairness. And he'll go out of his way to prove that to you. Amen. Job's spirit of forgiveness. See, he had a spirit of forgiveness and it was towards his friends. And he didn't understand that that was going to be pivotal in his outcome. It was, it was, and this is the thing that the stupid religious people don't under, accusers don't understand. It was pivotal for their lives too. Cause they needed him to pray for them. Amen. If it hadn't been for his prayers for them, they wouldn't have made it. And they're sitting there taunting him. But you know, it's always like that. It's always like that. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is why it's good to stay with God no matter what you see, think, or feel. Stay with God. Because his, his spirit of forgiveness and his repentance was pivotal for them in their life. Because God was not going to bless them unless he forgave them and prayed for them. It wasn't going to happen. And he wasn't going to get his blessing either. So it was always intertwined. Amen. And somebody has to be the bigger person and go to God, stay with God until they see the tables flip. Amen. God always flips the tables on the devil. 
Amen. So, so Job turned, God turned Job's captivity according to the Hebrews text. And that's re, referring to his recovery. So God, uh, turned his recovery. That word captivity means, now this is what I like. It means departure is not available. That word captivity, captivity also means no exit. Not able to escape. Kept in a certain boundary. So in other words, you can't get out. Job had no way out except by God. God boxed him in. Because he knew how important it was to him and to his religious friends. It was, it was necessary for him to get boxed in by God. So he had to face God, repent, pray for his, those who have hurt him so that everybody could come free. Amen. Amen. It's kind of like the jailer. When Paul and Silas was in jail, that jailer got his household was saved. Amen. And he probably beat them at one point, Paul and Silas, and did them wrong. But when they sang praises unto the Lord, had forgiving hearts and and just forgot about where they were. And, you know, they just sung praises unto the Lord. God turned their captivity. He turned things around. Amen. Hallelujah. So that word captivity, I'm going to say again, it means departure is not available. (laughs) That means you got to come through God. Are y'all getting that? (laughs) There's no other way out except by God. God is your only hope, in other words, because God wants you to come down to the altar, so to speak. He wants you to come before him. There is no way out. Except by God. In other words, nobody else can help you except God. But see, when you allow God to help you, then you get double for your trouble. Like Job. It's kind of like Whiplash Willie <laughs> helping you get a case because you, you fake fail <laughs> and you got a little money. Amen. And so, God will give you double for your trouble for, for whatever pain is, it's for your pain and suffering. That's what I mean. That's what the courts do when you get a, a good lawyer. You get pain and suffering money. And so this is what God is, is doing. He's giving you pain and suffering money. And so to speak, okay? So to speak. Because God hates robbery. He loves justice. God is not with these people, these People that work for the devil. He's not with them. You just have to know that. Let's go to Isaiah 61. Hallelujah. Isaiah 61. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is worthy. Isaiah 61. Come on, book. And let's go to verse 7. And it says, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. 
everlasting joy shall be theirs. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, in verse 9, it says, Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring shall, uh, and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them. And I kind of think it's saying, He will make your name great. Verse 10 says, I will greatly, oh, I didn't finish verse 9, that they are the posterity. Whom the Lord has blessed. Hallelujah. And I will gently, or I'm, I'm sorry, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in the, in God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the thing that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Amen. In other words, you won't be the laughing stock always. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go to Exodus. Exodus 22. Yeah. Verse 7. And it says, if a man delivers to his neighbor money or articles to keep, and it is stolen out of the man's house, if the thief is found, he shall pay double. Amen. Hallelujah. So, let's see. That's pain and suffering money. Job 42.16. Let's go back to Job 42. Verse 16. And it says, after this, you know, I like that when it says a prophetic, after this. I mean, after God has shown out and done something. <laughs> after this, Job lived 100 and 40 years, I know I said it, but we read this before. Sorry about that, but I'm going to read it again. He lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for the fourth generation. So Job died old and full of days. I didn't mean to write that twice. Amen. But God knows your name. He knows your frame. Amen. He knew Job's thoughts, and he hears every word spoken. He knows our ways, and he knows our frailties. I think I mentioned that. God knows our mental and physical capabilities and how far we can go. In other words, God knew Job's limits, and he knows ours. Amen. He knows how much. To allow the devil to put on us. In other words, there'll always be a turning of the tables. Don't ever think God has forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. All you need to do is keep your heart right. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. It's just imminent. Amen. Okay, let's go to Psalm 139. Hallelujah. Psalm 139. 
139. 139 verse 1. And it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. And this is David speaking. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You you comprehend my path and my laying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before. See, in other words, David is saying, look, I'm going through, but you got a hedge around me. The devil can only go so far. So don't ever think God has turned you over. I mean, let's look at it like this. We deserve it. But he don't give us what we deserve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's see. So God, he understands that God has hedged him in and laid your hand upon me. His hand is on him. I love it. Verse 6 says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from you, spirit? Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me if i say surely the darkness shall fall on me even the night shall be lit that even the night shall be light around me so in other words he's saying look you chase away the darkness you encompass me about amen hallelujah and it says in verse 12 indeed the darkness shall hide from you but the night shines as the day the darkness and the light are both alike to you for you form my inward parts you cover me in my mother's womb amen and i will praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well my frame is not hidden from you and when i was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book you were they were all women and in your book they all were written the days fashioned me when as yet there were none of them amen and then he says how precious also are your thoughts of me see david even knew that god wasn't mad at him he knew god loved him But don't think he didn't humble himself toward the Lord because he stayed humble before God. Amen. Hallelujah. So God will not allow the devil to tempt you further than what you can comprehend that you can bear. First Corinthians 10. Almost done. Verse 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as in is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. 
Hallelujah. God is compassionate. Amen. God knows exactly what we need before we even ask him. He knows what you need while you're going through. And he will not leave you. If you can just keep understanding that God will not leave you. Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 7. Hallelujah. Matthew 6. Verse 7. Hallelujah. And it says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen does. For they think they, they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them. For your father knows the things that you need before you ask. That's what David was just saying. In, in the Psalm. And in 1 Corinthians. He's saying, God knows exactly what you need before you even ask. Hallelujah. Let's see. Verse 8, did I do that? Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows things that you need. Amen. And it says, in this manner, pray, our Father which is art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, God never leads you into temptation. He never does. The devil does. Just like he was trying to lead Jesus off that high tower. If you be God, won't you jump? You see those, turn this bread into stone. You see those stones turn it into bread because I know you're hungry. See, that's the temptation of the devil, not God. Hallelujah. I forgot where I was. Was I in eight? Oh no. Thirteen. And deliver the, deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And so this Matthew 6 through 15 is telling us how to pray and how to stay on God's side. Amen. Okay, let's go back to Job 23. Almost done. Verse 10, 23, verse 10. It says, therefore snares... Are all around you. Job 22. 23. Is that 23? I, I did 22. Sorry about that. 23.10. But he knows the way that I take. We read this once before. And when he has tested me. I shall come forth as pure gold. That's 23.10. But he knows the way I take. And when he has tested me. I shall come through as pure gold. In other words, he trusted God, even though he went through a lot, even though he was tried, he did not let go of the promises of God. He knew that God was going to rescue him. He didn't lose that. Amen. There's a lot of people that's not really in a lot of trouble that don't know God won't save them just from mere depression or poverty or sickness. But Job had it all. He had everything, even betrayal of a spouse. 
but he knew God would not leave him in that position. Amen. Yes. God know God knows what's appointed for me and you. And he performs these things. Amen. He in other words, God doesn't change his mind about you. Whatever he promised you before you got in trouble, he'll he'll still give that to you. Amen. Job knew God would come through for him. He knew it. This is where we need to get. God wants to continue. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. God won't continue to allow you to live a life of pure hell. He's just not going to let you do that. Amen. He will rescue you. He will rescue you. You got to believe that. See, it's important for us to know that God will help. He's not going to leave you in a bad situation, even though you cause it, even if you cause it yourself. Now, he's not going around putting merit badges on people for doing wrong, but he is forgiving and compassionate and merciful. And because of his mercy and kindness and because of his righteousness, he will not leave you there. So all you need to do is not allow your heart to condemn you. Don't let your heart condemn you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I was just sitting thinking about this stuff. And then, you know, the Lord was saying to me, and I wrote it down. He says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Amen. And he will never leave you out there to perish. Why would he do his holy children like that? Not a good father. Amen. So what God is is doing is, is he will allow you to go through as far as you can. And sometimes you think you can't. And he'll say, no, you better push a little harder. <laughs> but when you do, I'm telling you, God comes through for his children. Amen. Amen. He does not like robbery, theft. He doesn't like that. He's a God of justice. Amen. He will always come for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. I don't even know what what I wrote. But anyway, it's the devil. And he is the thief. And God will make sure that he stop him. God has you hedged. Hedged in. You have to understand that amen satan may use weak flesh but stay with god amen until the thief is identified in other words until you come to an understanding of what's going on in your life and when you come to that understanding god will help you amen and he will he'll help you execute authority over the devil and his work amen but the Bible says, let the thief be found. So you just keep going. You keep doing what's right. And the thief will be identified. And when he is, he must empty his house and give you double. God will give you double. And this is all a warring. This is all in warring a good warfare. This is warfare. The warfare is within us. The warfare is all about our flesh. Warring against your flesh. And your mind and trying to get it free so that you can be blessed by God. So that's why the warfare is within us because you're warring against your old man. 
Amen. That didn't go over very well, but it's still true. You warn against your old flesh. And see, God is trying to do away with your old flesh so he can bring in the new. Why don't things change? Because you're still living out of that old mindset. And so when you change how by meditating on the word. Well, I read my Bible. I'm not talking about reading your Bible. I'm talking about meditating on the word and allowing that word to change how you think. And if you're still getting wrong thinking, stay in there. It's not time. But I'm telling you, eventually you will start to think like Christ because we have the mind of Christ. He's already given us his mind. And so you have to continue the warfare. And the Bible says to war a good warfare. In other words, don't half do it. But allow God to come in totally and influence us by declaring his word. See, all when you're going through, you have to be declaring, decreeing. Because when you decree a thing, it shall be. Amen. I know we might not like that word because people use it too much. Because I think they use it and don't do it. But you must declare a thing. And and see, when you declare a thing, all you're doing is repeating what God has said. And then you'll see it come to pass. And so instead of whining and crying, which we all do it, grow up and say, my God is able, like Job said. My God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all God we could ask or think According to the power that is within us. Amen. So don't let your heart fail you. But declare. Declare the heart of God. What's the heart of God? His will. What's his will? What's what is written? His heart and his will is what he has already said. And so you have to let that come out of your mouth. When you decree, you are forming things in the natural. You tired of, of looking in the natural, seeing nothing. Let it come out of your mouth what God, the heart of God and what God has already said. Amen. And recognize that you have victory. You got to recognize that. I have victory in Jesus name. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I am set free and delivered in Jesus name. That stuff's got to come out of your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, you are forming it in the natural You are decreeing a thing. When you decree a thing, it shall be so. Because you are decreeing everything. You're not making stuff up. You are decreeing what God has already said. Now, if you start decreeing somebody's husband, then you don't went way off. (laughs) Then go to the doctor. (laughs) But decree what God has said. Amen. Decree whatever God has said, and you will see it. You know why? Because it will be put in motion. You have to see it because you're creating it out of your mouth. You, Your mouth and God's mouth is matching up. And it's saying the same thing to the atmosphere and to the principalities and powers of the earth. And you're cutting, I look at it like you're cutting through a wall. And you're cutting through with your decree. And when you decree a thing, it has to come. It just has to. It has to come. Amen. It must come to pass. You keep decreeing. And don't let the devil trick you. Keep decreeing what God has already. Because see, God's already given his permission. He's already said it's going to happen. So all you need to do is speak it forth. Well, if, if he's already said it, this is what I used to think. 
If he already said it, why do I have to say it? To bring it out of this supernatural realm. Bring it into the natural realm. Because he's speaking it in the spirit realm. And he's giving his permission for it. But you have to command that thing to come forth in Jesus' name. And it don't have to be, well, I bind you, devil. and I, No, just say what he said. And you know how that religious stuff will come in there. And I bind and I decree and I declare. Just say it. Father, I thank you for my healing. Father, I thank you that I am blessed. I thank you that I am rich. And you know, if you, you so goofy, gotta have somebody come up and tell you, you're rich. You're blessed. Amen. He, he did it to me. He'll tell the heathen all about you. And so we must start trusting God over what man says. Amen. Cause man is just feeling there his way through. And so we cannot bow to that. We bow to the voice of God. Amen. Everything that's happening in this earth, God is t- telling his secrets to the prophets and that's it. And not the false prophets. There's a lot of them out here. Everybody, you, let me tell you what they do. And I'm not trying to put down anybody. They repeat what they've already heard. Watch those kind. Well, where were you three years ago when we got Amos 9.13? So you have to do, you have to discern. Now, it's not like a checks and balance system, but your discerner on the inside will, I mean, you just can't be fooled. And so we need to pay more attention to what God is doing. And he will not let us, um, he won't let you fail. Amen. Praise God. Did you get it? We we need to lay hands on a T-shirt for somebody to stick. It's a man, so if you can find it, she tell you. Okay, all right. Thank you. If it's like a XL or large or XL, that would be good. Amen. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for the people here today. And, Lord, we receive the word. We will speak your words and your words only. And we will do like Job. We won't give up on you because we know you have not given up on us. And we do thank and praise you, Father God. We love you and we bless you. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. If anybody needs prayer, I can pray for you. Amen. Today. Hallelujah. And if you don't, just stand the spirit. I just need some true worship.